This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to the Established Past Podcast, presented by Clutch Points. Uh, I am your host, Blake Level. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan. And uh, that excitement you hear in our voices uh, is really, I guess, how well we did with our picks, Dylan, because uh, this is our Week 13 uh, Takeaways episode. We look back at all the games, uh, and there were a lot of intriguing ones, but uh, we did a pretty good job with our picks. So if you're someone, especially for the for the betters out there, mm-hmm. uh, we we nailed our uh, our locks of the week, our upsets of the week, and our game of the week, Dylan. That's that may be the first time we pulled off a, a trifecta like that. Yeah, we've definitely had better overall weeks from top to bottom in terms of just straight up picks. But I don't, yeah, I don't think we've had a clean slate in terms of the game of the week. I, I, I mean, which in is my subjective, opinion, Ravens, but yes. yeah, subjective. <laughs> but Ravens 49ers, definitely the game of the week. But yes, the upsets and the uh, locks of the week all all paid off. So hopefully it was a good day. And I, I, I do know of the parlay that um i did on thanksgiving <laughs> that's a couple of guys did pay off as well which were my three picks so it was a it was a good week overall there <laughs> yes so see that uh it worked out pretty well for us so uh, with that uh, we didn't call some of the upsets but i don't really think anyone did on a few of these but uh anyways let's get to it uh, we go back to thanksgiving which, uh, as we said, was sort of a, a weird slate, and we didn't really know what we were going to get out of some of those games. Uh, but it turns out the first one, you know, the Bears looking a little rough there for a while, and uh, yeah. I guess you could say they look good towards the end. I don't know if good's maybe a little strong. Uh, but the Bears did get a 24-20 win over the Lions. Uh, it was a game, as we said, going into it. The Bears absolutely had to win, and they did, and now they're at 6-6. Six and six. Uh, Trubisky throws for three touchdowns, which anytime a Bears fan sees that, they're going to be a little bit more excited than usual because uh, that's not something you see very often. Uh, but I guess, Dylan, I mean, if, if it's a win for the Bears, uh, well, I, I, it doesn't change my opinion on them because no. they, they beat a bad team that, that doesn't have their – their quarterback and so uh it's just it's sort or running back for that matter it just sort of is what it is with the bears at this point they may be six and six and, and quite frankly if they get in the playoffs great but uh this is not a super bowl team so what do we even care <laughs> yeah not a game that inspired any confidence really in terms of i mean you have a guy in david blau who comes in here and immediately looks like he fits right in with at one point i think completed eight straight passes during going uh, 22 for 38 on the day but overall looks pretty comfortable and that's not a great sign given some of the teams that chicago is going to come up against next Uh, i know they have dallas next in that one we'll see what happens but after that their schedule is pretty tough 
I don't think Bears fans are getting their hopes up too much of getting to the playoffs. It's already going to be an uphill battle, especially if Minnesota finds a way to win tonight against Seattle. But just overall for the Bears, I mean, yes, you win the game. Trubisky looks better, but Trubisky has looked fine against some of these bad defenses. It's the problems when he faces a defense that's even towards the middle of the pack, uh, let alone a good one where he just looks completely awful. Still don't really believe in their offensive line. At certain times, struggled a lot. You know, weren't running the ball that efficiently against Detroit. So for the Bears, <laughs> it's been kind of the story of this year, just the defense defense took a step back even if they are still really good there i don't think they're as dominant as last year and the offense continues to just be i mean they put up 24 points in this one but it wasn't the convincing win that you would like to see from a team that went 12 and 4 last year and uh, was supposed to be you know a, a surefire playoff team let alone uh not, being six and six at this point you don't feel too great yeah you don't and and really i guess right now they're sort of battling with the, the rams and the cowboys i guess to an extent uh trying to to find a way to get in and uh i don't know well we'll see like you said it's they played a bad team and there's not a whole lot we can read into it i i still have no trust in this bears team and i don't think a lot of other people do either even bears fans uh, probably at this point so uh the next one and yes i know everyone out there who listens to the podcast knew as soon as this game result happened, everyone was ready to find out what Dylan was going to say about <laughs> his Buffalo Bills going on the road and just pretty much, I mean, it all pretty much, I mean, it's a domination. Like, they dominated the game. I really think yep. that's what it comes down to, 26-15. to 15. Maybe if you just look at the score and say, well, it's an 11-point game, but really the Bills dominated the game after the first quarter, and, and that was a situation where – this was a game we said the Cowboys really needed to win, and they lose. And the Bills, you know, they were in a situation where they really didn't have to win this game because they were eight and three. But now, getting a win like this, going to nine and three, right now, being in a situation where, I mean, they are like they're pretty much uh, as close as you can get to, to being a lock at this point. We said that several weeks ago that if mm-hmm. this was, this was the game they could win. They are pretty much close to being a playoff lock. Um, it was quite a performance. You're upset of the week. You nailed it. And, uh, yeah, I think for Cowboys fans, uh, this was not one they wanted to see because the Bills just came in and sort of slapped them in the mouth and walked out with a pretty convincing win here. Yeah, I thought that six and a half point spread from the beginning was pretty big, just given you know what Buffalo's been able to do and you know where what we've seen what with Dallas the last few weeks. They have just not been the team that we thought they were and what they looked like at certain points early in the year. They continue to really struggle against these good teams. I did not think Buffalo would kind of thoroughly handle them as it ended up turning out to be by the end of the game. But I wouldn't say it was a complete domination in terms of the, I mean, total yards. Dallas outgained them by about 70, I think, and still were moving the ball at certain points. They just could not finish drives, could not convert third downs. Third down percentage was, uh, you know, around 50%, which really isn't too terrible, but they didn't have the big chunk plays you like to see from them all the time. And for the Bills, they looked just so comfortable, did not turn the ball over once, which I think is such a big thing. If Josh Allen can hold on to the ball and not make some of those errant passes that we've seen from time to time their defense is good enough that if they put them in good field position like they did in this game more often you know maybe they'll give up some yards to a really good offense like Dallas but they're still going to be able to get stops and uh, just uh, it's one of the more impressive games from Buffalo I think that we've seen this year yeah playoffs seem like a certainty at this point I've, I forgot who tweeted it now there is a path to the one seed if if the Chiefs <laughs> beat the uh, yeah I gotta go a little off here on the Bills if the Chiefs find a way to beat the Pats next week which isn't completely out of the question yeah. Buffalo finds a way to beat 
the uh, Ravens, which is probably more out of the question, uh, that would set up a game when the Bills go to New England to face the, <laughs> the New England Patriots, where if they win that one, they are the one seed in the AFC. <laughs> but there are a lot of steps there. But nonetheless, I think for Bills fans, you just have to feel great about uh, having nine wins already at this point and feeling like, you know, they have a couple of really tough games, like we, I just mentioned against Baltimore and New England. But otherwise, their schedule looks to pair up quite well for them to get into the playoffs and be a threat to at least, uh, you know, make it to the divisional round. Pretty awesome if let's say the Bills get that one seat. Josh Allen the quarterback, Frank Gore and Devin Singletary the running backs, John Brown, Cole Beasley the two wide receivers. Uh, I don't that, know about it, but that would be something right there, wouldn't it? So uh, yeah, no, that's that's not a knock on any of those guys because they've all really been. I mean, they've been so important to this run. And we talk about the defense; it's what gets a lot of credit and should, of course, because it's been fantastic. But I mean, this this offense, they just they seem to make the plays at the right times when they need mm-hmm. to, and all those guys that I just mentioned have stepped up so much for them this season, and uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun to watch. And like we said, it's not a team that is overly sexy. I mean, they just kind of go out and, and find ways to win games, and that's all that matters. Um, you're not judged on style points. It's all about winning, and they're <laughs> nine and three. And for the Cowboys, they're six and six. So uh, the Cowboys right now would still be in and that has a lot to do with uh what we know hosting the seahawks or 49ers (laughs) yeah trust me they'd still be in but they're in no way would they be the favorite no matter who they played uh in the first round because uh i don't know yeah but we'll we'll talk about that nfc east picture here in a second Uh, before we get there a game we probably you know and i guess you spend a ton of time on this game just because the saints won 26 to 18 over the falcons Another one of those games sort of deceiving by the score. You never felt like the, the Saints were losing control of this game. Uh, really, uh, this was a situation where we expected them to bounce back after that that loss to Atlanta uh, in New Orleans, and they did. Uh, I guess, you know, not a lot of takeaways here. I mean, the Falcons are are still the Falcons. They, they had that nice little run for two weeks, but they're back. Uh, and for mm-hmm. the Saints, uh, a nice performance uh, on the road here. Yeah, they barely were able to cover there. I was a little bit worried on that partly, <laughs> waiting for that seven-point spread to hit, and it just barely hold on for with the eight-point victory. Uh, but overall, yeah, I mean, the name of the game was turnovers early on. Uh, Falcons, it's been a story all year. Where uh, Matt Ryan, whether it be fumbling, throwing it uh, into coverage, whatever it be, they just cannot hold on to the football. The Saints have been taking it away at a much higher rate, which usually tends uh, to lead to, obviously, victories, not just in terms of them, but overall in the NFL. And yeah, t- Saints, though, two for 10 on third down down which one thing watching the game they didn't really have many third downs that's i see two for ten and i think you know 20 percent is not great but new orleans always a team that's been one of these uh, really good teams at uh, you know gaining yards on first and second down avoiding third downs altogether and uh, that was kind of the story of this game it really felt like they were ahead of the falcons every drive every time they had the ball they, even when they started slowing down in the second half they still looked like they could do what they wanted and it was good to see for the saints given what we saw two weeks ago and even just a week ago barely holding on against carolina in a game they easily could have lost. This is a team now that with a you know with the Vikings, if they're able to find a way to beat the Seahawks or even um, vice versa, I think the Saints will slide into that one seed because they did beat Seattle earlier this year. So Saints feeling pretty good where they're at. Um, you know, still would rather see them close out a game a bit better. Uh, you're not used to seeing a guy uh, convert uh, multiple onside kicks in a row like that. I think <laughs> Young Huku, uh, someone needs to be taking lessons from him across the NFL to learn how to uh, recover onside kicks i mean these someone needs to sign up just to do that i think this guy has a new calling uh, if field goal kicking doesn't work out but yeah for the falcons it's just 
three and nine and here we are uh, that little spurt like you said they looked like they were going to get things going and sure enough they've fallen right back to their old ways yeah i think we know kind of what the future holds for the falcons uh, i think at this point or you know i don't i don't know we'll, we'll talk we'll get there we'll get to the coaching carousel part of the season here in a bit but yes. uh it's just yeah i don't know what else you say and and i think it's a situation where Without them saying it, it's pretty obvious that there's probably going to be a coaching change there uh, in Atlanta, and uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of what else they, they do with that roster because, as we say, that defense just isn't – it's just not there. Mm-hmm. And um, we know injuries have played a role, but, uh, yeah, they, they've got a long way to go to get back to being a Super Bowl type of team like they were uh, several years ago. All right, to the next one. And, folks, in case you have noticed here, Dylan is just on a roll here thus far. <laughs> so far. <laughs> uh, so far. There's the key word because you're not going to get another winner from me probably for the next five, ten minutes because uh, I nope. didn't have one of these next several games. But Dylan nailed this one too. And uh, he banked on the only winless team in the NFL getting a win. <laughs> and sure enough, it worked. Uh, the Bengals 22-6. to over the Jets, uh, I should have saw it coming. Uh, just when you thought the Jets were about to make a magnificent playoff run, they score six points against a terrible team. And uh, <laughs> I just, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I guess, you know, getting Andy Dalton back, that was the boost that the Bengals needed here. I don't know that that's what Bengals fans want, but you know what? If you're going to get that road to being the number one pick, at least grab a win along the way. And, uh, well, that's what the Bengals did here. Yeah, pretty ugly game that I, you know, given the what was at stake, I I won't act like I watched a ton of this one. I did I did catch you know some of the highlights and obviously watched it on Red Zone, but just looking over the stats, I mean the fact that the Jets scored six points against, as you're saying, like one of the worst defenses in the NFL, in the Bengals. That's all I really need to see. It's you, they've been tearing up some of these bad defenses, and I thought there'd be uh, more points in this game. I'm really surprised given what the Jets had been doing. They got I think five straight weeks of the touchdown in their first drive. The fact they end up with just six against Cincinnati I, I would not have predicted that I did think the Bengals would be better with Andy Dalton back they still weren't yeah, I mean they're still a team that is only winning their first game in week 13 so they didn't look fantastic either uh, both teams struggled to convert third downs and neither team could run the ball at all it was just an ugly game um, but all, all it takes is a few big plays here and there and that's what Cincinnati is able to get and the Jets on the other hand had you know not really anything Sam Darnold uh, just looking at the numbers it's just uh, man it's just awful to, <laughs> to convert almost uh, just just above 50 percent of your passes against the freaking Bengals. i don't i know we don't have any expletives that we uh, you know on this podcast in terms of what we could say but it, it's just really it's just really sad i mean everything all the um if you're a jets fan all the optimism you kind of had the last few weeks about where this team was going in the offense yeah you still the jets right now i'm sorry to say it but uh, we'll see about next week, but this one was not pretty. Well, instead of responding to that, I'll just channel my inner Bill Belichick and say we are on to Indianapolis because yes. um, let's go to this next game because there's no reason to spend more time on that one. Um, the Colts and the Titans. Just when you – and we, I don't know. We should just repeat this every week because we, we do say it pretty much. We should just have like a, a button you hit to where we just play it anytime you think the titans are going to do one thing they do the other they do the opposite it's it's every like it just happens that's what they do and so we both picked the colts if you were the smart person out there you should have went out and bet on the titans because that's what happened you think the titans are going to lose they go in and get a two touchdown win in indianapolis over the colts 31 to 17 I mean, Dylan, our brand here, the AFC South, <laughs> uh, you know, it it pretty much went, uh, I guess, 
it, it really did go full AFC South, I think, on this day. Mm-hmm. We'll get to the other two teams later, but, <laughs> I mean, this was this was AFC South to a T uh, when you have the yeah. Titans go in, get a two-touchdown win here, and now sitting in a really good spot now that they, they've moved ahead of the Colts uh, in the win column. Yeah, when I think of AFC South football, either either think of like a thirty-five to three, just thorough domination kind of yeah. game, or these closer games where there's a lot of turnovers, and that's kind of what happened here. <laughs> Neither team could hold on to the ball from the first drive on when Tennessee gave it up, but uh, I mean they they stayed tough, and that's the one thing as even going into the year, these Titans always seem to by the end of the year they always are hovering around seven, eight, nine wins going into the final week and here they are again now seven and five with a huge win over the Colts setting them up for now they get to face the Texans two of the last three games of the year uh you know already having played let's see yeah they lost that's right they lost by a couple points to the Colts there so in terms of tie breaks they might have to win both those games against the Texans but regardless you got to feel pretty good about where you are going into this one it wasn't really neither either team could have had the game and the Colts probably played better they just did not finish a lot of their drives and then it comes down to field goal kicking it's been a big problem all year with Adam Vinatieri in it I mean beyond just the miss the last uh, I don't know it was it looked like there were three guys were going to block that last field goal that they returned for a touchdown obviously the quick pick this is now a second straight week where the Titans score you know touchdowns within like a minute of each other in a crucial part of the game so (laughs) for Tennessee yeah seven and five tied with Pittsburgh for that last wild card spot if they're able to beat the Raiders next week they're feeling pretty good even if they even if they don't win the division there's a good chance they're going to find a way to slide in for one of the wild card bursts and that's you know a few weeks ago that seemed like a crazy thing to say but uh, Ryan Tannehill man just keeps racking up those W's. <laughs> yeah, he has been really good. And uh, I tell you, you look at the stats. Someone was putting them out there about comparing, you know, what Marcus Mariota did to what Tannehill did. And, yes, like the offensive line is still something that they they have issues with. But, man, he is uh, he's made plays. And uh, that's, a, that's a big win, like you said, because they're sitting here now. Uh, the Steelers, I guess, right now would, would hold the tie break between those two, and they'd be the sixth seed right now. But the Titans are right there and uh, have an opportunity to, to get back in the playoffs. And uh, that's all you can ask for uh, if you're a member of the AFC South because uh, the craziness and the wackiness uh, of that uh, will get you if you're part of that division. Speaking of the craziness and the wackiness, uh, it officially got the Philadelphia Eagles because um, <laughs> Dylan's preseason Super Bowl pick <laughs> has now fell to 5-7 and seven after losing to – what can only be described as the most improved team in the NFL, the Miami Dolphins, 37-31. to 31. The Dolphins now have three wins on the season. And not too long ago, we were considering is this team, and we didn't think this team was going to win a game, period. But now they have three wins, and they have gotten a lot better. And, Dylan, I know we're going to focus on the Eagles aspect of this, but you certainly mm-hmm. can't ignore – Ryan Fitzpatrick to Devontae Parker. If you didn't buy stock in Devontae Parker weeks ago when I said, look, man, I don't trust him either, but if you look at the numbers, I think he's had double-digit fantasy points in every single game, and my goodness, he goes for seven receptions, 159 yards, and two touchdowns in this one. What a game for the Dolphins, but boy, what a loss for the Eagles. Yeah, talking about the Dolphins first, when I think about this, I started watching that game. I was like, man, with Preston Williams and Devontae Parker, who's yeah. going to stop these guys, which yeah. is just a hilarious uh, thought <laughs> looking back. And uh, another great meme I saw was, uh, was those memes where it's saying, I'm going to tell my kids this was, and it was going to tell my kids this was Joe Montana and Jerry Rice, and it was Ryan Fitzpatrick and, and Devontae Parker. Hey, don't they forget about out- Mike Gesicki either. I mean, he's oh, yeah. two straight games, man. 
Dude, Gasecki was great. Uh, <laughs> Dolphins are so much fun. I mean, obviously, uh, it took them a while on NFL Red Zone to to find out for sure that that was the first touchdown uh, thrown from a punter yeah. to a kicker. But sure enough, it was a great play and one of the more memorable highlights of the year. Two straight years now, the Dolphins have two of the more memorable plays with the Miami Miracle a year ago. So props to the Dolphins at least making the highlight film for years to come. But yeah, for the Eagles, I mean... Uh, I, this is pretty much rock bottom I, uh, on the flip side of all the social media stuff there was a I think there was a campaign where people were saying that the Eagles should have to walk back to Philadelphia from Phil- <laughs> from Eagles uh, fans they were not happy and I can't blame them I mean you have a chance after what happens uh, to the Cowboys on Thanksgiving to tie them up for the division lead and I still think if the Eagles went out, I'm pretty sure they uh, will still end up taking that division over Dallas with the victory over them and some tie breaks. But you can't too, feel too good about that possibly happening right now. You go into this game, it's basically all Eagles. I mean, it was almost like it felt like 50% Eagles fans in that uh, stadium in Miami. And yet that second half started, they had a two-touchdown lead, and I think they just you know, might have thought they had won the game when they scored that first touchdown to start the to start the uh, third quarter and then the dolphins have three straight drives of 60 plus yards one of 96 and one of 75 as well to score touchdowns and it just uh, everything we've talked about with the eagles defense and their secondary all the problems it's had yes they stopped the run again they've stopped the run all year they really haven't given up a ton of rushing yards to anyone uh, outside of dallas but the miami <laughs> fitzpatrick had a field day against that secondary with his weapons uh, Devonte parker uh, as we we're talking about just looked incredible but i i think it's definitely yes you can you can think about the what the positives for miami and as you're saying the most improved team but uh, for me it's still going to come down to what a disappointing season and game for philadelphia yep uh they and the thing is they're still i mean they're still a right there i mean they're not you know they, they can turn this around and get to the playoffs and uh i don't know though like you see how they play and certainly <laughs> if they if they play like that they're not going to get there but yeah. um yeah as of right now pulling up the the seating here and right now they'd be the 10th seed uh, which as we know there is not a 10th seed but uh <laughs> they're they're behind the rams the bears and the bucks uh in terms divisions. of yes divisions the, only way <laughs> exactly that's the only path really uh to this point uh for the eagles without a doubt so uh yeah it's uh man that's a that's a bad loss but like you said somehow the miami dolphins have transformed themselves into one of the most entertaining teams in the NFL. And if you go back and listen to our earlier episodes of this podcast this season, uh, you would think you're in just a bizarro world because uh, that is not what we were talking about uh, back then. But, uh, all right, the rematch, everyone was waiting for it. Uh, the Steelers and the Browns. The Steelers come away with a 20-13 to victory. And uh, that, again, with my little nice upset of the week here because it didn't have many upsets, period. Um it's I feel like the same thing with the Eagles, which is not to the same extent, but the Browns are sort of on the same equal ground here because here's your chance. You finally got a little momentum. Uh, you're going on the road playing a team that, you know, is on its third quarterback, and you've got backup running backs and uh, backup receivers. And, I mean, really, the, think about it. I mean, the, the Steelers trio that we expected to be leading them this season – Ben Roethlisberger, James Conner, Juju Smith-Schuster, none of them are a part of this game, and it was there for the taking for the Browns, but the Browns, I think, are still sort of uh, who they are at this point because mm-hmm. the Steelers get the win and now move to 7-5. and five. The Browns fall to 5-7, and seven, and there's your difference when we talk about uh, the playoff picture for those two teams. 
Yeah, all of your worries about the going into this game, everything you kind of said about the Browns having a chance here and not coming up to um, capitalize on it ended up coming to fruition. They just uh, they had a chance early in that game where it, you know they're up ten to zero and you're looking at the scoreboard and you're like, damn, I really thought <laughs> there was probably seventeen twenty points up there. Instead, they just could not finish some drives and uh, you know little uh, different things that were going wrong for Pittsburgh didn't end up mattering by the end of it. Uh, Duck Hodges comes out and throws that touchdown to tie the game right before the half and just like that all the momentum's gone from what Cleveland did early in the game. They start out in the second half it just bang bang back to back. They score another touchdown and take the lead and Cleveland just never was able to respond against that sealer defense which has been so solid all year and is the reason that yeah like you're saying they they don't have those three guys um, in this game and they still are able to win and yes 20 points is great but overall I think comes down to that defense being able to completely put the clamps on the, what the Browns are trying to do offensively forcing key turnovers at key moments of the game but also just forcing a lot of really short drives in that second half especially Cleveland was hardly on the field and uh, by the end of the game their defense was tired out and then you know even if Pittsburgh had put up more points uh, you could tell Cleveland was just physically just kind of beat at the point, end of that game which is crazy you know going into it you had Freddie Kitchens with that Pittsburgh started it shirt <laughs> going back to the fight and all the other shirts that some of the guys wore and to come out there and play that way it's just uh, for Browns fans I feel so bad for given you know going into this year you finally feel like you got this team and everything's kind of coming together and it was just could not have been a more disappointing uh, game and now at five and seven you're sitting a couple games back with playoff spots it's not looking too good for Cleveland yeah it just I mean you think about it, it's like all right if you'd have we'd have had this scenario in the preseason if we'd have said okay the Cleveland Browns are going to play the Pittsburgh Steelers if the Browns win this game they are I mean they're they're in they're feeling pretty good about their playoff chances now they wouldn't mm-hmm. be in completely but they feel a lot better about at least having a chance to get to that you know that's whatever seed it is um and if you said that in this game going in you knew that if you looked at the box score and saw Devlin Hodges <laughs> as the leading passer for the Steelers Benny Snell is the leading running back for the Steelers, and James Washington is the leading receiver for the Steelers. You would have said the Browns won that game 100 times out of 100, probably. <laughs> and it's just – and, again, that's not a knock on those guys, but that just shows you. I mean, this Browns team, we hear them talk and talk and talk. And, and we were – look, we were there. We were buying the hype. I mean, we were all – we said, look, we think the Browns are getting to the playoffs. And just to see how they played, it's just – it has not been good. And, and that's going to make for a very interesting situation, I think, with Freddie Kitchen's job. Uh, mm-hmm. depending on how they finish the season here, of course. But uh, right now, I mean, there's there's no way we can look at this and say, oh, the Browns will find a way to get in the playoffs because they're just not very good. And um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But uh, they their backs are against the wall right now. I know what their schedule sort of is what it is, but um, I don't know, man. It's gonna, I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. So Yeah, I don't know if it'll matter just given yeah. uh, the Bills kind of have put a stamp on the five seed at least. Yeah. There are that, that four-game difference right there already. So uh, even though they beat Buffalo, that's not going to – And the uh, Steelers, you're gonna see. yeah. So, I mean, it, it's yep. – So eh. it's either Pittsburgh and, and any Pittsburgh and Tennessee to both fall off or unless Tennessee somehow ran the table and Houston fell off. I don't think that's going to happen. They, yeah, yep. they need both those teams to fall off. I'm not sure how the tiebreakers work out with both of them. But, yeah, yeah not looking too good for Cleveland. Nope, uh, not at all. And uh, things are looking pretty good for the Green Bay Packers who uh, got a big win over the Giants, 31-13. to Packers won that game. It was a snow bowl. It was my lock of the week, and uh, you just felt like going in. It was going to be a day that Aaron Rodgers could have a big game against this Giants defense, and sure enough, he did. Four touchdowns through the air. 
Um, even in the snow, it's you know not the Packers aren't worried about the snow; they're used to it. Uh, it was uh, it was a fun game to watch, Dylan, because of the snow. Mm-hmm. But uh, it just sort of you know it shows you where both teams are. The Giants are bad, and the Packers are pretty good. Yeah, it was good to see the Packers bounce back, even though it's against a Giants team that's been pretty pretty bad all year. <laughs> uh, haven't won a game in a long time. Still, after that beatdown at San Francisco, to see them come into this game and uh, move the ball as efficiently as they did defense also looked great i know daniel jones has struggled a lot with picks against everyone but uh, still came out and got the job done and yeah it was a lot aesthetically just watching the game it was so fun yeah with the snow um uh, the fox little overlay was interesting i I thought it was a decent addition i I didn't mind it i know some people would have gone without it but uh it was just a fun game uh, good to see yeah, Aaron Rodgers was on fire uh, and you see when this team's clicking why they're going to be uh, you know a top Super Bowl contender at the end of this I I don't know if they're still quite there with the Niners and Seahawks and uh, the Saints and some of the teams are at the top of the NFC but um, if Aaron Rodgers plays like this and the defense is able to get it do a better job they got to run the ball a little bit better uh, that was kind of a disappointing thing I thought against this uh, Giants team that's really not stopped anyone uh, whether it be through the air or on the ground I thought they'd be able to get the running game going a bit more uh, Aaron Jones only 11 carries for 18 yards that probably cost some people some fantasy playoff bursts but uh, overall if they can you know kind of fine-tune that Green Bay is going to like where they're at and they're in a good position I know over the last few games they get some pretty easy opponents uh, outside of the Vikings in week 16 so they should be just fine yeah, uh, it feels like a long time ago since you know Daniel Jones steps in. The Giants win two in a row, and you're thinking, "Uh-oh, look out!" And uh, <laughs> they haven't won a game since that one against the Redskins. So, yep, uh, that's another team that'll have an interesting offseason for sure uh, for the Giants because uh, they clearly have some improvement needs roster-wise. But uh, coaching could also be a situation mm-hmm. there that uh, we look at with that one. But uh, this next one just like dylan and i told you uh the panthers were 10 point favorites in this game against the redskins and we said well you'd be crazy not to think the redskins are going to win this game uh actually just just kidding we were completely (laughs) you know we even said i'm pretty sure that we considered the redskins as our possible lock of the week it's a good thing we didn't because uh the redskins (laughs) win this game 29 to 21 it's and really it's not just that the redskins won this game they were down 14 to 3 and (laughs) It's just, you know, ah, man, if you're the Panthers, there, there's a team, you want to look back at a game and say, what was that game? It was this one because they were sitting here, you know, in a spot to where they could have took a step forward, playoff race, at least maybe be in the picture. Mm-hmm. But now you lose this game and, oh, what a, just a bad, bad loss for the Panthers it stings even more given that they actually had a chance to tie it at the end when they got that touchdown that that perfect onside kick i was like man this is that something's gonna happen here and they get down to the one yard line and then nothing uh McCaffrey had a pretty bad game uh that's saying it nicely just uh I know it's partially it's only so much he can do with his blockers but there were some moments where you didn't see the same exact burst and it really cost them And on the flip side this Carolina defense that we've uh, talked about a number of times in terms of them being so awful against the run I I don't think any game better uh shows that off than this one where (laughs) the Redskins go have 30 carries for 248 yards Darius Geis was running through people Adrian Peterson uh, almost gained a they almost had a 200 yard rushers that's like a you know something you see more in college rather than the nfl <laughs> uh maybe outside of maybe new orleans the last few years but 
It, it was not pretty. Yeah, for start the game starts 14-0, 14-3, I think, with the two touchdowns. Uh, Kyle Allen throws, and early on, it's like, wow, they're just going to blow these guys out. And then the offense stalls, and this is a Redskins defense, which, uh, yeah, they've had some games where they've mucked it up against, you know, the, the 49ers and in that, in that Rain Bowl and some other ones where it's been lower scoring. But really, this defense is not one that you'd expect Carolina to struggle against, especially given what they just did in the Superdome a week ago. Really disappointing. Probably was going to be a tough uphill battle to the playoffs anyway for Carolina, but now it, uh, it's, it's just called a season. <laughs> yep, uh, they are not in a good spot, but uh, for Redskins fans, guess what? There's hope. You haven't been completely eliminated yet no. <laughs> from the playoff picture. Uh, I'm pulling this up here on, on NFL.com. And There's a chance. There is a chance. The, the Panthers actually would be the number 11 seed at the moment. The Panthers, I mean, the, uh, the Redskins are the number 12, so they are still in this picture. Uh, I don't think they're going to get there, but... They'd have to win out and get some help. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For the yes. division only. Again, you're, the division's only possible. <laughs> you're going to need to win every game and hope that the Cowboys, Rams, Bears, Bucks, Eagles, Panthers, everybody else got loose. Um, but, yes, uh, what an interesting... An interesting situation for the Panthers because they did. They had a great chance to take a big step forward, and uh, what a bad home loss uh, to a, a team that's really struggled. So uh, this next one we actually got right, and it was the first one we said we remember from this season being just a pick 'em, and it was the Bucks at the Jags. Uh, no one knew what was going to happen in this one, and uh, clearly the Jags didn't know what was going to happen in this one because uh, they didn't play well. And uh, twenty-eight to eleven. The Bucks won this game, and uh, another game where you know seventeen point line uh, score line, but really never felt that close. Um, the Bucks were up twenty five to nothing at halftime. You had Minshew Mania uh, come back into the picture, and uh, he has been named the starter, I guess, now moving forward. That's not good for Nick Foles. Um, I, you know, again, here, I don't know. There's, We probably don't need to spend a ton of time on this one. It was, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Bucks are – are the Bucks? I mean, they've played pretty well here lately. We know, you know, that, that they are good at stopping the run, and, and that's what we said. That's kind of why we made our pick here that, you know, the, the Jags you just didn't really know what to expect from their passing game, and you know Leonard Fournette's the guy they're going to lean on. Um, but yet, here the Bucks were. They made plays, and uh, they got a win here. Yeah, for Tampa Bay, uh, kind of the same things we've said all year in terms of their offense, having the, the ability to kind of take over. But really, their defense, getting defensive touchdowns, that's not something we've seen in that. Uh, it speaks more to Jacksonville and the struggles of that offense and what even since Nick Foles has came back, or especially since he's came back, how they've really, really just not done anything. And yeah, Minshew taking over just like a couple of weeks ago, it looked like Minshew Mania was done. He comes back in, you know, looks like maybe for a moment they're going to lead a comeback, but doesn't end up happening. Jaguar have a ton of questions and I don't know how many answers going in the next year they thought they were going to probably be in this conversation with the, all these other AFC South teams now they've kind of fallen out of the whole race so disappointing for them for Tampa Bay the defense has been you know one of their better games but not a really quality opponent here so in terms of takeaways uh, it's a little too early, uh, too little too late for them um, the second half wasn't pretty I think the weirdest part of this game just looking through the stats is that Jameis Winston didn't throw a touchdown or an interception I don't think 
there's any games this year where that's been the case. There's at least been one or two of each, yeah. it feels like, every single time. So kind of a strange one. They didn't really run the ball well. Still had two rushing touchdowns. Uh, didn't really move the ball all that uh, incredibly well against Jacksonville all day. It just came down to just getting a, a lead really early that was just insurmountable. Yep, uh, not great for the Jags. Uh, back to Gardner Minshew, and uh, they're clearly going to have some things to figure out uh, for themselves uh, here in the offseason, knowing that they got rid of their best defensive player, now not knowing what their quarterback situation is going to look like. Uh, so, yeah, no doubt they're going to have to figure some things out uh, for sure in Jacksonville. All right, to what was uh, our pick for the game of the week, and I think you know it wasn't the the high scoring affair or anything like that. We never expected it to be, um, and the rain certainly played a part uh, in how this game played out. But it was the Ravens getting a twenty to seventeen win against the Forty ers Both teams now at ten and two on the season. Sort of Dylan played out exactly really how we expected it to. I think in a in a strong sense because. Um, it was Lamar Jackson who made the plays, and uh, you know Justin Tucker hits the game-winning field goal. But once again, it was Lamar Jackson made the big plays when they needed big mm-hmm. plays, and uh, that turned out to be the difference here for the Ravens. Yeah, just such a fun game. It, even it's 2017, not the really high-scoring bout that maybe it could have been, but overall, I think I'll take any most football fans will take this game. It was just thrilling from start to finish. So much good football across the board, even if it wasn't all offensive. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. Yes, he runs for 100 yards, but just barely threw for over 100. So a game that overall it wasn't the same thing. Clicking for Baltimore on offense as we've seen in the past, and that's a credit to San Francisco's defense. Yes, they gave up a lot of rushing yards, and that's been an issue for them all season but if they're able to limit uh baltimore's offense to 20 points like this it really bodes well for them going into the playoffs and what they're able to do i think this 49er defense is a reason this team uh, makes this really impressive game uh you know both of their losses now uh, by field goals um uh on you know walk-off field goals and uh, both against two of the you know the top two mvp candidates in the nfl and both times they slowed those guys down so for the Niners, I'm feeling pretty good about 10 o'clock uh, Pacific time start. Uh, rough weather against a, a Raven team that's rolling and you barely lose. Uh, I think it says a lot about where both teams are as two of the top Super Bowl contenders. I would not mind watching this game again in the Super Bowl, except for the fact that you know, as a Rams fan, I'm not really <laughs> hoping that the 49ers add any more trophies to their already stacked trophy uh, case. But yeah, a lot of good football just start to finish. Ravens defense still stepping up and playing better the last few weeks. Niners never really got going to the point where uh, they would like to on their offense so yeah just a really well played two really overall uh, strong teams there's just so much fun well that's a good segue to your rams because uh you were <laughs> you were not high on your rams after uh, the <laughs> game against the ravens there the week before and what lamar jackson did to them so you picked the cardinals in their game uh on sunday yep. but the rams uh you know they look pretty good 34 to 7 uh a really it was a, a must-win situation for the rams and they got the win um and i mean you know jared goff man uh, we've talked about him all year long boy he looked pretty good in this one and uh, i know it was the cardinals defense and a lot of people looked good uh, against them but still you've got to feel okay with the fact that he threw for 424 yards and two touchdowns todd Gurley almost hit the 100 yard mark on the ground robert woods was outstanding 172 yards at 13 receptions um it was a a really good win for the rams i think from a a mental standpoint too because mm-hmm. uh the way they had been beaten up 
uh, after, especially after that game against the Ravens. Uh, this is one they had to have, and they got it, and now they're sitting here, uh, you know, just on the outside right now, but at least uh, having an opportunity to, to be in this playoff picture. Yep. Uh, I, like I said, I wanted to be put out of my misery. It was very much not. Instead, now I'm back believing it. they yep. have at least a shot. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, it was the Cardinals. So uh, one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. Got to take that uh, when you think about this game. But still have to be happy with what Jared Goff and they are able to do just with their play calling. I mean, they did a lot more of the stuff that, you know, that they going back to last season, a lot of times they'd be able to run these longer plays and all year they've been limited and they've been trying to push and kind of force against it and now they're kind of finally adjusting more it felt like it. there were a few bigger uh, catches and runs but a lot of it was uh, within the first 10 yards of the field of the line of scrimmage so uh, Sean McVay adjusting the play calling a bit and it really paid off you see what Robert Woods I mean the guy had 172 yards but I believe 135 something like that I saw were after the catch so a lot of a lot of plays where they're uh, taking advantage of what teams are giving them and then making a play after the catch so that's going to kind of have to be the theme I think for the rest of the season if they're going to be successful with that offensive line because even in this game they're getting called for a number of holds they're still very young and experienced so we have rookie David Edwards there um, Brown I mean these guys are not <laughs> the most experienced linemen in the NFL and it's going to be a problem against some of the better uh, pass rushes than what Arizona has to offer so I think this is uh, even if it is against an opponent like this you see kind of what they're going to have to do with the play calling moving forward the rushing running game had outside of the Baltimore game which is just awful but even before that they'd started to figure it out with a little bit different strategy there so there's something to believe in they got to beat Seattle next week it's not going to be easy it's at home yes but a really tough opponent but if they find a way to win that one yeah it doesn't look as bad as it did that Dallas game doesn't look as scary (laughs) maybe you find a way to beat the Niners it's still going to be a rough a rough kind of finish here uh, in terms of having to play Seattle on the 49ers but there is some optimism there's some good things to take from this and the defense continues outside of the Ravens game I can't <laughs> can't get that out of my head but, uh, but you know the last four or whatever games before that the defense has really played quite well Dylan's dream of a Rams Bill Super Bowl is still intact. Oh man, here. final so, score thirteen to six. <laughs> it's still intact uh, for now, so we'll see uh, how the Rams uh, do next week. Like you said, that's a big game for them. Uh, there. All right. Speaking of Dylan's brand, here you go. Uh, this was <laughs> this. I'm telling you, Dylan, you had a good week from a brand perspective because oh yeah, uh, we had the Rams, the Bills, uh, the AFC South, and now you get the Chargers losing a game. In in a way that, you know, only the Chargers can, I guess. Uh, The Broncos, 23. The Chargers, 20. Yes, we both picked the Chargers, and you should have known immediately that something was up uh, because it was – and look, we can argue that call. I mean, I think a lot of people were arguing back and forth as Mm -hmm. to that pass interference call that put the Broncos in a situation to, to hit that field goal to win the game uh, because you you, you know we, we felt like it was going to overtime it was like okay this is this get nine seconds left there's no chance um they heave it you know what's gonna happen and sure enough they get the pass interference um and then the Broncos kick the field goal to win it oh Chargers I mean you're you know <laughs> you're, you're done anyways we didn't really expect you to be in the playoff picture but you're sitting here now at four and eight the Broncos also four and eight 
Uh, Drew Locke, I thought, looked pretty good for his first NFL game mm-hmm. uh, against a not a terrible defense. Um, and Cortland Sutton, I don't – I jumped on the Cortland Sutton bandwagon Such a, star, a while ago, man, but he is a full-on star. Like, he is a complete stud at this point, and uh, I am excited to see how the Broncos, what they do to their roster in the offseason, maybe who they add around them at receiver. Uh, this is this Broncos team, and I know it was against the Chargers, and we, we have our fun with the Chargers, but – this Broncos team, you feel like, has got a lot of potential moving forward, especially, you know, I know it's one game, but but Drew Locke did make some some pretty good-looking throws in this one. Yeah, I'll get to it in the next game a little bit, but it does feel like a year for, yeah, even Denver, you kind of wish maybe uh, you could go what they're going to be in maybe a year or two and kind of move it back to this year because I think all these teams kind of had a chance with the Kansas, with Kansas City being down for a bit, yep. having the injury to Mahomes. And now, I mean, with the Chiefs' defense playing better, I, 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 that team's going to be really dangerous in the playoffs. We'll get to them in a second, though. But, yeah, for Denver, like you said, a lot of good pieces around what they're doing right now. Have to be excited. Cortland Sutton just, uh, you know, after maybe a slow start and certain uh, fan for some fantasy owners as a rookie the dude has been absolutely insane and just so fun to watch every week um and yeah there it wasn't an easy matchup i mean the chargers defense looked better and only gave up a little over 200 yards so not an easy game for Cortland sutton and drew lock i know i don't know if drew lock is the answer but uh, long term but i mean it's a decent start uh, what you'd want to see him from a guy in his first game he's facing you know derwin james comes back for the chargers it wasn't going to be an easy go for denver but yeah, on the flip side the chargers <laughs> should have like you said we should have known and uh, we, were, we talked about how, of course, they're probably going to find a way to lose this game. And sure enough, they do make it their eighth one-score loss in the year. I saw a stat. I'm, I, I'm, again, I, I don't remember the exact one. I should have saved it from Twitter. The Chargers, since 2000, have the 11th our 11th in losses are 11th least losses so they've had they've been pretty good since yeah. 2000 in terms of overall wins yet somehow they have the most by far one score losses in the last <laughs> 20 years so they have the higher percentage easily of any than any team of of their losses being yeah. one score losses it's just it's insane uh, even this one i mean they out they outgain the, t- the broncos by about 150 yards completely control the game don't finish drives as they haven't all year turn the ball over in costly moments miss field goals it's just every little thing all the little fine-tuned details that go into winning games especially at this level where the, the you know the littlest differences are the, often the difference in games they just continue to struggle with them and uh, really disappointing year after you know going 12 and 4 last year to come in here actually play pretty pretty well overall as a team i thought and i just couldn't get the job done when it mattered most yeah not uh, not good for the chargers and uh, talking about the the quarterback change and all that uh, i think it's probably more than just philip rivers here i don't i think there's a lot more to, to this for the chargers they, they've got to make some improvement in, in some areas and yeah to be four and eight you know their team i thought had a really good chance to make the playoffs and uh sitting here at four and eight and right there with the broncos now uh there at the uh the bottom of the afc west so um speaking of that division uh, the raiders and the chiefs and uh the raiders have not looked good in (laughs) back-to-back weeks the chiefs win this game 40 to 9 um which man you you think about the raiders we were all in on the raiders being a playoff team a couple weeks ago and and then they turn around and lose how they did against the Jets. Now they come back and lose 40-9 to to the Chiefs. So, oh boy, Dylan. Back-to-back 31-point losses for this team. And ah, you've just got to be frustrated if you're a Raiders fan. Because it did. I mean, they were playing pretty well 
And then you had that Bengals game, and you said, uh-oh, something, something feels like the old Raiders here. And now mm-hmm. they're setting themselves up in a spot where they're 6-6. Six and six. They've still got those two divisional games against the Chargers and the Broncos to end the season, but they're both on the road. You've got games against the Titans and the Jags up next. This is it, Raiders. Like, this is your your chance. Like, you really need to find a way to win these two games at home against the <laughs> Titans and Jags. Uh, because if not, uh, playoff picture, probably not looking good for you. Yeah, I'm not feeling too great about it. You just overall given what the team put on the field. There were certain moments where you see they moved the ball. There was a good portion of the game where they were outgaining the Chiefs, and they still end up at the end of the game outgaining them by almost 80 yards. But yep. turnovers, just so it's just so costly at key moments. Uh, they couldn't get the stops when they needed to against the Chiefs. They kept it close early on, and it felt kind of for a while in that game, it felt like, you know, Kansas City, wow, they're they're right there. The Raiders are right there with them. It was 7-0 for a long time, and then suddenly the, the floodgates open, and it's just game over. And you just you can't make the mistakes like that on the road in such a tough environment against a Chiefs team that's uh, yeah, looked a little bit vulnerable. But as I was saying, their defense is playing pretty well, and if the offense – picks it up like they did here i know they're not gonna they're probably not you know unless things go really south for the ravens or patriots the chiefs probably aren't going to get a bye but i still think they're just as dangerous as those two teams given what mahomes can do when as he's he's getting healthier and healthier each week it feels like uh, they went were incredible on third down seven for 11 uh, constantly moving the chains when they when the raiders could not get the stops they needed and the secondary for the raiders continues to be just such a huge huge problem for them uh, bright spots though I mean all the all these rookies on the Raiders still look pretty good Josh Jacobs had another good game uh, Crosby still looks good all, all these they had a great they have a great future but the Raiders again you kind of wish almost like when I was talking about Denver you kind of wish you could have accelerated that clock maybe to this season because uh, I still think the Chiefs uh, long term are going to really own this division and uh, those teams are going to regret not capitalizing in 2019 yep uh, it was a good opportunity like we said a couple weeks you just it's beat gone the, now yeah you beat the Jets man that's solves a lot of problems but because uh, you knew you probably weren't going to win this one and uh, but now you're like I said you're staring down back-to-back 31 point losses play a Titans team that's playing really well uh, so yeah if you're a Raiders fans probably not feeling great about things uh, right now as you head into week 14 um, I'll tell you who is feeling pretty good about themselves that's the Houston Texans uh, here as they uh, got a huge win over the Patriots 28 to 22 Deshaun Watson, uh, he showed up in prime time. Uh, he was uh, terrific. Four touchdowns total for him. Um, you know, the Patriots offense just sort of sputtered again, and we've seen that in recent weeks mm-hmm. with this team where they just couldn't get anything going until late in the game. Um, even against the Texans team defense, like we said, that that's certainly not been great this season. Uh, mm-hmm. They've been okay at times, but they haven't been great. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think it's uh, it, it tells me I don't know. You know, I would say it tells me a lot more about the Texans and the Patriots, but I, I still think when you look at this Patriots offense. Uh, you know, Sony Michelle didn't play much. Uh, he he didn't play much in the second half, of course, and then James White pretty much carried the load for him. But this offense, it's just yeah, something's missing, and yeah. um, it's just I don't know. Is that what's going to be what holds them back? From having an opportunity to win another Super Bowl, I'm not going to be the one to predict that just yet. But um, mm-hmm. it, yeah, like you do though, you have that sense that maybe this team, there's just something missing on offense. Yeah, also not ready to take that leap. But at the same <laughs> time, uh, it's, it's hard to ignore what you see out there. I mean, 
I, I if you one thing I'm looking just watching the game the whole time and I throughout it I was like man it's not like the Texans are really blowing them away statistically or anything despite what the scoreboard was showing they were just finishing drives but you look at this game it, it, this is not the formula that I, I would have thought and what we've what we saw with the Ravens did and what other teams in the past have been the Patriots this was not the formula to beat them they did not run the ball well Houston they 23 carries for 52 yards usually when you hear that you're like man if you can't get the run going that secondary is just going to be insane you're not going to be able to do anything but Deshaun Watson's a special guy and they were hitting all the deep passes his uh, had one of the better games I think he's had this year he gets sacked three times but as they were talking about on the telecast the one sack he avoided uh, to keep a uh, make it second and ten that drive ended up being a touchdown those avoiding negative plays against New England so crucial and you look at the two quarterbacks now Lamar Jackson Deshaun Watson two of the best young QBs in the NFL two guys that are very elusive and really tough to bring down in the backfield so that's definitely part of it on the flip side for the Pats offense uh, I I thought they waited way too long to start running as much as they did. I know Houston is yeah. kind of a team that all year has been better against the run and gives up a lot of passing yards. But they what they're I mean they talked about it a bit, but they're plugging up all the gaps and all the things they wanted to run the ball. New England still didn't matter. They still ran the ball quite well. But by the time they started doing it, they were losing by two three scores, and it just kept compounding, and they just could not get back into the game. So I think if they they face enough next time in the in the playoffs, they'll be better prepared for all the double teams in ways that Houston took Julian Edelman out of the game I think they'll probably run the ball a lot more as they did early in the game and then started to again as they finally realized as their comeback attempt was coming on oh wait maybe we should let James White carry the ball they, they showed that uh, graphic about you know if James White's on the field they're throwing like 80% of the time if yeah. Sony Michelle's on 70% they flipped it in this game James White ended up running the ball more than Sony Michelle and he ran quite efficiently looked really good I know for James White fantasy owners going into the playoffs yeah it's going to work out pretty well for you because I think the Patriots are going to kind of flip um, those tendencies as they always do going into the postseason so I'm not ready to jump off the bandwagon for the Pats but that's mostly because of the defense and what they're able to do running the ball I am worried about Tom Brady uh, he's, uh, <laughs> you know he made some really great throws at the end of the game but Houston has also was backing off way too much really to be honest they, Houston's uh, uh, play calling at the end of the game almost ended up costing them if they could have recovered that onside kick um, but overall Tom Brady had some other throws yes guys are not creating separation but there's still time where he's usually fitting in some of these passes to guys that are more closely covered. It just was not happening. I don't know if it's because he doesn't trust some of the guys or or what. I know some of them are just throws that were off. So I think he'll bounce back. It's Tom Brady. I'm not going to doubt him at this point. <laughs> but uh, there are, yeah, there are some signs that, you know, they're a bit vulnerable and there's a lot of teams now in this AFC that are capable of beating them. Yeah, it's uh, it was clear watching this game that, like you said, there are some teams that you feel better about. You know, we talk about the Ravens, the Chiefs, and it's just, uh, yeah, We'll see. We've said that a lot of years, though, and Patriots yeah, found man. a way to, to turn it around. So we'll <laughs> exactly. see. Uh, all right. If you want our thoughts on the Vikings Seahawks Monday night game, go back to our previous episode. That is uh, the fun. That should be a fun one. That's for for sure. We we expect a good game uh, out of that one. So you can check out a previous episode for thoughts and picks on that game. Uh, usually we go into the waiver wire here, but Dylan, we talked before this, and you know. Let's just keep it simple here. For all of you who are in your fantasy playoffs, which Dylan and I, by the way, we're, we're doing quite well, have a good chance <laughs> to lock up the number one and number two uh, spots. Nice little buys in our 14-team uh, Clutch Points League. Uh, so for all of you who don't like our advice, just remember, we're, we hope to be one and two in our league. So uh, try to listen to us on occasion and just, you know, if we get stuff wrong, let's just act <laughs> like we didn't. Um, but uh, in all seriousness, here's the deal with the waiver wire this week. 
just play your studs. Like, <laughs> there are no buys. Just play the guys who have gotten you to this point. Uh, don't overthink it, Dylan. That's some very good advice we, we should give people. <laughs> don't overthink this. Uh, go with the guys who got you there. Uh, we were both looking at the waiver wire, and really, I just don't see any scenario where there's someone out there that you just absolutely look at and say, I've got to have that guy. He's going to be what's the difference. Yes, injuries are always going to be something you consider uh, when you get to this point, and can you go out and pick up some of these guys just in case, uh, like an Alexander Madison or or guys like that who we've Mm -hmm. talked about all season long uh, who are available. Otherwise, Dylan, I don't see much out there that I'm going to say you just have to go run it and get these guys. I did say Gardner Minshew now is the starter for the Jags. His schedule is not exactly awful. They play the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Falcons in the three playoff weeks here. So it's worth considering, let's say if you have someone that's struggling or maybe it's a two-quarterback league, whatever, I think he's an obvious addition in that scenario, but you're not going to go out and drop mm-hmm. you know, a good player or a, you know, a number three receiver or anything to pick up Gardner Minshew. Uh, I wouldn't. But uh, no. other than that, I guess you're probably really just looking at defense situations and you know figuring out mm-hmm. which defenses you may look at and need to play in these weeks. Yeah, the only guys uh, are the same guys we've kind of talked about in the past, like Debo Samuel. That's one. That's one guy that's still under fifty percent owned. That uh, it's been trending up in terms of his touches per game and how much he sees the field, not just and and how much they actually utilize him when he's out there. So I guess that's one. Uh, outside of that, like you know, Cole Beasley. Don't overreact to him scoring twenty. I know we've talked about Cole Beasley a few times, but <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to be starting him consistently, expecting that kind of production. Same as James Washington. So yeah. Uh, it's really for uh, for what I'll probably be doing is looking ahead to you know the next few weeks in terms of defense is just like you said that's where it's going to come down to uh, it really depends on what's available in your league um, we'll see it with the Packers and when they when they play the Bears in a couple of weeks there's some teams where it, it might make sense but otherwise yeah I think we'll be talking more about some situations uh, with start and sit them yeah. things maybe on the next podcast uh, seeing where you're going to have some more decisions where you actually do have a few studs maybe you have like four or five receivers that are really worthy of being started but maybe the matchups are uh, going to dictate what you do there sorry for all of our clutch points league listeners we're not giving out any advice for you so this is the way it is <laughs> now that the playoffs have started we're not giving you anything um, but no yes like you said it's uh, it's fun time of year fantasy playoffs uh, always a lot of fun if you're in it uh remember play your studs because uh, they're the ones that got you there look at the matchups but don't go crazy and sit someone just because they have a terrible matchup don't sit Aaron Rodgers just because he has a bad matchup or uh, you know don't don't get cute don't do it trust me it doesn't work so uh all right that wraps up uh, this episode of the podcast Dylan we've got a lot of great stuff uh going up over clutch points uh, let everybody know where they can find uh, all of our great work over there yeah, so you can go to clutchpoints.com to the NFL uh, section there for all of our NFL content on the website. Also, the podcast tab, all four of our uh, podcasts here at Clutch Points can be found there. Um, and then for the app, it's uh, go to the Clutch Points app in the App Store, download that to follow games live, read news. Uh, we have all of our editorials there, all of our fantasy contents there as well. On the website, you can search fantasy football to get all of our fantasy articles. We'll be having those start and sit in ones coming out. Not sure if we're going to do the waiver wire one this week. <laughs> but might, might be more focused on some of these matchups and things uh, in terms of guys that might uh, be better plays if you're looking for a, a better flex option or 
better tight end. The one one I will say this past week I did hit on, and I'm very feeling very great about it as I boast right now, was picking up Tyler Higby yep. for the uh, Rams-Cardinals game yep. with uh, both of my tight ends out, including Gerald Everett, knowing that, as we talked about many times, the Cardinals are atrocious against <laughs> tight ends in fantasy, and sure enough, Higby comes out and has his best week of uh, most yards and <laughs> of his career in any game. So, yeah, I think just looking at matchups, that's what it's going to be more about as you go into the playoffs or at least trying to, if you're not in the playoffs, trying to uh, find a way to not end up with the uh, last place uh, belt and whatever you end up doing in your fantasy league for whoever finishes last. Yeah, I tell you, it's hard to believe, but Devontae Parker and uh, like Mike Gesicki could be the fantasy winners this year. That's really hard to believe uh, at those particular positions. So uh, that shows you the wild and craziness of fantasy football, uh, like Dylan said. Be sure to check out all of our great stuff over there at Clutch Points, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast, uh, and we will talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Past podcast. Zenni's Blocks lenses help to protect the eyes by keeping harmful blue light out. Because they're virtually clear, add blocks to any Zenni frame for stylish, all-day protection. Get a complete pair of prescription or non-prescription Blocks glasses starting at just $24. Protect your eyes now at zenni.com.